Thankful for the good singing this morning. And playing, absolutely. Um, song service is a big part of service in my opinion, and, and I'm glad I can feel the Spirit move. I'm glad that um, for the testimony of John the Baptist, he came preaching repentance, um, and he came preaching a gospel that was foreign to, to, to everyone who heard him, preaching repentance of sins and and I uh, began to tell the people that the axe is now laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire. Jesus would later say of John that among all of those that are born of woman, there is not risen a greater than John the Baptist. But he that is least in this world, <clears throat> I'm sorry, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So... Um, there was a time, as the song alluded to, that John sent his disciples, and you've been there in dark places in life, and, and Satan begins to plant seeds of doubts in your mind, and, and they came back and they said, John, the things that we've seen, we've seen the lame walk, and the blind see, and the lepers hear, or the lepers are healed, and to the deaf uh, hear, and he said, to the poor the gospel is preached. This is the man. I believe that satisfied John. Uh, but I'm thankful that since the time of John the Baptist, there have been people like me, just men crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And so that's what I intend to try to do today. Just a voice crying in the wilderness. Um, is there anything on your heart, a song in any way or a testimony, anything? Now I'd ask you to turn to Daniel chapter three. It's a very familiar scripture. One of uh, sometimes I use the word story, and I, I, I don't mean to downplay. This is one of my favorite events. So let's just put it that way. Um, in, in the Word of God, and today I want to try to preach to you a message on deliverance from the fire. Deliverance from the fire. <clears throat> Daniel chapter number three. I do desire your prayers. We do feel a little uh, weak this morning, and um, so remember me. Daniel chapter number 3, uh, beginning at verse number 8, and this is a lengthy reading, but it says, Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came and accused the Jews. They spake and said unto the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso, whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake, and said to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their heads singed, neither were the coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed upon them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss of the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. I briefly mentioned these three last week, and it seems the thought has stayed on their heart. Um, this sort of ties in, if you go back to the first chapter of Daniel, what, what Conchita was saying, what's already been mentioned here, uh, but this king Nebuchadnezzar had went into Jerusalem and and uh, and just laid waste to it. 
And, and he commanded them to seek out princes uh, of royal blood, rather, and goodly children that they might bring those children uh, into Babylon. That, and they, they were instructed to seek the wise that uh, those children that were well favored of royalty and, and they were going to make them uh, into Babylonians and into Chaldeans and, and they would train them in their way. And, and as I say that, I've thought about what we've already talked about this morning. The world is, is seeking after your children and trying to change them and form them into the ways of this world. And in a great many cases, they are succeeding, I'm afraid, in doing just that. As it's been stated already this morning, for a man to uh, preach out of this blessed book, uh, the world today would call us bigots and, and hate mongers and, and, and full of strife. And, and so it is today. But I'll take my stand on the Word of the living God. And, uh, and I will not alter my stance on that, not one bit. And, and God help us, that's easy to say now, uh, but when the days really get tough, I wonder how many of us will stay strong. That's why it's needful that we pray for one another. Their, their names were even changed. Their names wasn't uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, but as you learn, they even changed their names. They wanted to do away with the heritage that they had from their fathers. And I would say to you today that, uh, that, that, that the world, our, even our politicians and our, our universities, our school systems, the Department of Education, uh, all the way up to the very top, are wanting to take the Christian heritage away from this nation and from your children and, and, and every chance and opportunity that they do get, they slander our founding fathers. They slander uh, the Judeo-Christian principles that this nation has been founded on and has, uh, has been blessed and prospered in. Uh, they are seeking to change your children uh, from the time that they're young, just as the king of Babylon did. And so the king gave unto those children uh, uh, for three years meat from his table and wine to drink. Uh, but there were four of those, Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, there were four of those that said, we don't want any part of the king's meat. Uh, give us pulse, give us vegetables. And, and I would say I'm thankful for our children uh, and our parents and grandparents who have no part uh, in the things that this world is teaching. And, and uh, young people, you better keep that in mind. And, uh, but anyhow, they, they didn't want any part of what the king was feeding them. And they ended up well favored in the sight of the king and of fairer flesh than those who had taken of his uh, meat and his drink. But anyway, uh, getting up to this point, the king had set these four men, uh, four young teenagers or very young men, uh, over provinces of Babylon. And Daniel had even interpreted uh, dreams for the king. So Daniel was promoted. And Daniel convinced the king to promote his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now the time came that King Nebuchadnezzar built uh, just a monstrosity 
uh, an idol of gold. The Bible talks about it being about about 90 feet high. And so uh, the decree went out that, that whenever you hear the sound of any music, he gathered all of the elites together, gathered all of his provinces and sheriffs and, and so forth together. And the herald was made that any time you hear the voice, or the music being played, uh, you must fall down before uh, this image of gold and begin to worship it and begin to serve it. And so the music was played and all the nation bowed and worshipped except uh, there was three there that day, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I can imagine, I've seen a picture in Nazi Germany where everybody was given the Hail Hitler salute except for one man. And I don't know what happened to that man. If they caught him, I'm sure they killed him. Uh, but uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused uh, for they knew their heritage no matter how much uh, that the king and Babylon tried to change them. They knew their heritage. They knew that the law of God uh, rang forth on Mount Sinai. Uh, they knew the fear uh, that it caused. They knew that He came down in a cloud of smoke. And they knew that that mountain quaked. And they knew uh, that when God said, Thou shalt serve no God but Me, and neither shalt thou make unto thee any graven image, and neither shall there be any God beside Me. And they knew that. Thank God they had been taught that and retained that in their knowledge Children today, they will retain more uh, than you give them credit for. Uh, we must uh, make it a point to uh, drive home to them day by day uh, the traditions and the commandments and the doctrines uh, contained in this book. Uh, my friend, the Bible says when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And so we must fight that fight. Uh, but these men refused to bow down and they came and told the king certain of those uh, his men did. And so he called them together and he was well favored toward them. He liked these three men. And but he said, is it true? Do you not fall down? Do you not serve my God? And do you not bow down to my image? Uh, tell me this isn't true. And they said, it is true, O king. Uh, we will not bow down. And the king said, I'm giving you uh, one more last opportunity uh, that you might bow down right now and go your way. This can all be over. He said, I don't think the king really at this time uh, wanted to cast them into a furnace of fire, uh, but when they refused and said, we will not, uh, they said, oh king, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Uh, Peter tells us, those of us that have been saved, uh, to always be ready to give an account and an answer unto every man that asks us of you, of the reason of the hope that is in you. If you're here today and you've been saved by God's grace, uh, you need to be ready to give an answer and give an account to anybody that allows ask you, uh, what is the reason of your hope? Uh, the reason of my hope is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, the reason of my hope is the blood that He shed on the cross of Calvary. Uh, the reason of my hope is His own words that He said, Whosoever believeth uh, shall never die. Uh, the reason of my hope is one not at an altar of prayer. I repented and met the conditions of the Gospel. And I repented and I believed. And He saved my soul. 
Uh, that's the reason for my hope today. How uh, do you have that within you? How uh, do you have a moment in time uh, that you can go back to and say, there it was that I met the Lord. And uh, there it was. There's the reason of my hope. It's not the time or the place that saves you. It's the blood that saves you. Uh, but you still must have a point in time uh, that you can trace your birth back to. How uh, when you're born into this world, you get a birth certificate. Uh, the same as when a man is born again. How uh, they should be evidence. How when a child is born and a child begins to grow and he begins to crawl and he begins to walk and it's not long after after a year or so you start hearing uh, the sound of their voice and the running and the pitter-pattering of their little feet uh, running throughout the house. Uh, the same should be true with a child of God. If you have really been born again, uh, there should be evidence of that. It should change the way that you talk and the way that you walk. Uh, my friends, if you've truly been saved by His grace, there has to be a moment in time you can trace that back to. If you say, Preacher, I'm not sure I've got that. I would say God is giving you one opportunity today. And today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your heart. Because now, the Bible says, is the accepted time. And now is the day of salvation. But He gave them one last chance. And they said, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter, but our God whom we are served is able to deliver us out of the midst of the furnace. And be it so, O King, even if He does not deliver us, we know He's able, but even if He doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow down unto your idols. I'm thankful for men of God who take a stand and women of God who've stood strong down through the years. Uh, you know that there was a and there was a lady over in Germany. She said, uh, we've heard of the righteous among the nations. She said, we didn't just suddenly become righteous. Uh, we just didn't go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. You ought to listen to her words today. Uh, my friend, this world is driving you headlong over a cliff and down to the depths of hell itself. And they said, we're not going to bow down. The king then got madness, countenance changed toward them. And those whom he loved, now he despised, for they dared defy the king. I'm telling you, things can be going along good in this life, and all of a sudden, one time you stand for God, the world will hate you because it hated the one that went before you. You can mark her down. You make your stand and see if trouble from this world doesn't come. I'm glad the Bible says, Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So at any rate, the king commanded them to heat the furnace seven times hotter than it was usually heated. It wasn't anything for the king of Babylon. He had been killing men in the fire according to Jeremiah's writing or Ezekiel's writing, one of the two. He had been casting men into the fire and but this time he commanded it to be heated up. And it was heated up so hot that the man who bound, he said the mightiest man, I want you to get this, they were bound hand and foot with their clothes still on and they were bound together and cast in. And as they were cast in, the flames licked up the side of that furnace and killed the men that cast them in. I mean, that's pretty hot when you're on the outside and the flames begin to lick up at you. I would say to you today, sinner friend, if you're lost without God, now the flames of hell are after you today. They're licking up the sides of that great pit 
And sooner or later, if you die in that condition without repentance, without being saved, without being born again, you will fall headlong into that pit full of flames. But God today, uh, there is one that can deliver you from that awful fate. And there's only one man. I said earlier, you send your children off to universities and they will load them down with comparative religion until uh, they think there's no difference between what we preach and what the uh, what the Mohammedists preach or what the Buddhists teach, uh, that all are sincere in their own way and they'll all get to heaven. I'm sorry, dear friend. There is but one man that can keep you out of hell. And His name is the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. These men went down bound. They were bound up. They couldn't loose themselves. If you're here today, you cannot unloose yourself. I preached unto you last week that you cannot and you will not come to God except the Father that draw you to Him. You cannot do it on your own. I said last week, you're a sinner and you're going to die and there's nothing you can do to change that. But there is one who came. And His name is Jesus. And His title is Christ. And these three Hebrew children fell down bound into the midst of the furnace of fire. And thinking that they were dead, the king looked in. And the Bible says he was astonished by what he saw. And he said, did not we send three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they said, true, O king. And the king said, I see them now. And they're no longer bound. But they're walking in the fire. And there's a fourth with them. And the fourth, His image is like unto the Son of God. I'm telling you today that the Lord Jesus Christ has walked in the fire with me in fiery, fiery trials of temptation that comes upon us and upon all the world. He's walked, uh, he's walked figuratively through the fires of my life at the time when life has been the hottest He's been there and He will unbind you and you can't do that of your own. But my friend, He delivered them from the fiery torment. If you're here today lost without God, there is but one way to be saved and that's through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's turning away from self and self-righteousness and casting all of your life upon His. Binding your life on His. Paul said, my life is hid with Christ in God. But you can't do that of yourself. The, the Bible says, No man can come to Me except the Father which sent Me draw him. And Jesus later goes on to say, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto Me. Has He drew you? Has He ever at one time revealed to you you're a lost sinner? Now, my friend, I want to preach to you this morning just a little bit about hellfire and about damnation. I know that you can read commentaries and they say the word Sheol, that's, that, that's hell, that's the Hebrew word. And they'll say it's just a separation from God. There's nothing there. It's a place of the dead. And my friends, the Bible says that Jesus Christ Himself, the One that created it, He said it's hellfire. He gave fire on the end of that name. He said it's a place of torment. It's a place where the unsaved go. It's a place that's waiting at the end of your life. Where's it at? I have no idea where it's at. But it's a place that has been created for the devil and his angels. And whosoever rejects the plan of salvation will find themselves in hellfire and damnation. 
I thought about Lot. The Bible speaks of him in Genesis chapter number 19. Lot didn't just go into Sodom one day, but the Bible says that Abraham gave him a choice. You go your way and I'll go mine. And it said he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And day by day, Lot got closer and closer and closer to Sodom and Gomorrah. And my friend, I've watched, and many people that I've known in this life, that you're pitching your tent closer and closer and closer to damnation and to destruction. And the world has so blinded you. And the world has so blinded Lot, he couldn't even see it. That is happening right before your very eyes. Men believe the lie and they will not believe the truth that they might be saved. Now my friend today, there's still hope. There was still hope for Lot. For when the time of destruction came, the Bible says two angels came down into Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot met them at the gate and took them into his house. Now the Bible then says that the men of that city, if you want to teach LGBT in school today, you ought to start with Sodom and Gomorrah. Their cry had sent up before the Lord. And the Bible said their cry was great. And he said, I'm going to go down now altogether and see whether they're doing the things that they've been accused of doing. Of course, he already knew the answer to that. Uh, but at any rate, Abraham begged God. He said, shall not the God of all the earth do right? And you can say what you want to. I believe Abraham was talking to the same one that was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I believe it was the Lord Jesus Christ pre-incarnate came down because, no, He said, shall not the judge of all the earth, the angels are the judges. God Himself talked with Abraham in the plains of Mamre. And Abraham cried out to God. He said, God, will you destroy the righteous also with the wicked? I'm telling you today, church, we ought to be on our face before the God of heaven begging, interceding, pleading for these that are lost. I try to not let not a day go by without if you've if you're here and have any aids to you at all, not a day goes by. I try at least my very best to lift up you by name. I want to know your time and place. I don't want to think about you going to hell. And Abraham pleaded with God. I mean the time of the church of the Growing up, I would see the church plead with God and wrestle with God and strive with God and intercede with God on the behalf of sinners. But in today's time, it seems like we come in and we go out and there's no intercession. There's no pleading. There's no concern about the wicked. There's no concern about the lost. Look around you today, dear friend. As I read my Sunday school lesson last night, he said the bounds of your habitation has been appointed. In plainer words, there is a place that you're going to come to in life. Some it happens young, some it happens old. But no matter what you do, the bound of your habitation is there. You will not pass beyond that. And my friend, all I can say to you is if you die in the condition you're in now, you will die lost without God. That's just separation from God. Who told you that? And what does the Bible say? It says you will go to hell. It's, it's an awful place, but it's a real place. People say, preacher, why would a God of love send men to hell? He doesn't send men to hell. Men choose to go there of their own accord. 
For he's given a way unto every man, woman, boy, and girl, whosoever will, that they can come and be saved. Now Lot was there in that wicked city, and the angels came, and Lot... Now Lot was scared. The men of that city wanted to rape those angels, those men that came. And Lot went out and he said, I've got two daughters. You can have them. I do unto these men no hurt. The Bible says those men pressed upon Lot and uh, the angels reached forth their hand and pulled him in. Boy, I'm glad God knows those who are His. He's able to deliver His out of destruction. He separates the saints from the sinners. And He knows exactly who you are and where you are. And if you're one of His, you're spared from that awful day of destruction. If you're one of His on the day of judgment, it'll be said unto you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I'll make thee rulers over many. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord, which hath been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And to those who are lost at the time of their death, however a tree falls, there it's going to lie. Let the filthy be filthy still, and the unjust be unjust still. There's nothing you can do. And He'll say, Depart from Me into everlasting darkness. There shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Men will gnaw their tongues for pain. You see in heaven, as we sang a while ago about heaven's jubilee, we'll be surrounded by the saints of God and no sin will be there and no sickness will be there, no death will be there. And we'll have a new body like unto the one that Jesus has. We'll see Him as He is. And those who go down into the pit, your soul will live on. There's no such thing as an annihilation of the soul. It will live on. You'll have an old corrupt body. It'll be disfigured as we take upon the person and form of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall take on the form and the visage of your Master, the devil. And your faces will be disfigured. You'll be in hell with the murderers and the rapists and the scourge of this world with no hope of ever getting out. But Lot... And Lot, when those men laid hold on him, they said, Lot, you've got to get out of here. Take everything that you hold dear. Every man, every woman, if you have sons and daughters and in-laws, you get them near and you take them out of that place. And Lot is a lot like the church today. Lot had so lost his influence being vexed by the things in the world that he had completely lost his influence on his own family. The church is in danger of that today. If we really live by that covenant, I would say things would be better for every church of the living God. But we have vexed our righteous soul from day to day by the ungodly things going on in this world. And Lot tried to warn his in-laws, and he seemed unto them as one that mocked. And that's what the church seems today to this world. A preacher, you're just a crazy... Shouting, spitting preacher, you're just to me as one that mocks. I'll say unto you, you die without Jesus. And you'll see how right this man of God is. And when a man of God is sent to deliver a message, and I don't know who it's for, I'm just a man, but when I'm preaching in power of the Holy Spirit, I'm God's man. And you better not listen to me, but you better listen to Him. For it's Him and His words we talked about in Sunday school. I can't say anything to break your heart, but the Holy Ghost can break you down and then save your soul. 
He can cause you to repent and to believe. You can't repent without Him. You can't believe without Him. But if He's ever at one time dealt with your heart and you've rejected that, you've rejected the plan of salvation, then despite the Spirit of grace and trampled on the foot of the blood of the Son of God and said it's an unholy thing. And my friends, today Lot tarried and he waited till the next day. The angels finally said, we can't wait any longer. And they grabbed him and his wife and his daughters and they ushered him out. And the same day, fire from heaven fell and brimstone and sulfur and consumed Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I tell you today, you're going to talk about, they, they were meeting this week, the United Nations, about global warming. And I'm not going to get into a political debate with you about global warming. You have your beliefs and I have mine. But I will say there is coming a day when this world shall burn as hot as an oven. There is coming a day. I don't believe that it will be a man-made thing, but that thing will be of God. And Peter declared it of long ago, 2,000 years ago, that Peter wrote that the elements will melt with a fervent heat and the heavens and the earth that you see and know now shall be dissolved. And there you'll be before a great white throne. I'm telling you, sinner friend, there is one that can deliver you from the fire. And His name is Jesus Christ. The Son of God. God took upon Himself the form of sinful flesh, yet without sin. And He condemned sin in the flesh. The Bible declares that all who repent and believe in Him shall be saved. I'm telling you today, preacher, I tried it. I've been to the altar. I'd say keep trying until you get saved. Until you find that to seek after it. And it'll be precious to your soul when you find it. You can't find Him until He first finds you. You understand that? But if He sought you out, maybe somebody here this morning, maybe He sought you out, maybe He's beginning to deal with your heart. Oh God, that's my prayer. And deal with their heart by way of the Holy Ghost. And show them that they're lost. And that they're dying. That they're already condemned if they have not believed. And that they're already condemned that awful fate. I imagine when those men threw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I imagine the roar of that furnace. I can remember, and I'm done. But I can remember an old wood stove in our house. And I can remember filling that thing up and carrying the ashes out. And, and I can remember opening that. And I can remember even before you'd get to it, if there was a lot of wood in there, how you'd begin to hear the roar of a fire. I'm telling you today how when the Lord Jesus Christ seated at the great white throne how begins to say unto a lost sinner that has departed lost without God into the everlasting fire you shall go. There will be a roar like you've never heard. It'll all be too late. But there's a great gulf that's now there between you and the saints of God. It is separation from God, but I can prove to you out of the Scriptures that it's a place of torment. That it's a place. It's a place where people have heard about. I hear people say all the time, just go to hell. That's something of when I hear people say that, oh, it breaks my heart. They have no idea what they're saying. I would to God nobody would say that or that nobody would go there if you're here today in this flock. Oh, I pray to God today that you begin to hear the roar and those flames licking up the side of that pit wherein is no bottom. I pray that you feel the heat and feel the roar. And my friend, the one that saved them out of the walking in the fire, He's able to pull you out of the fire and place you on a solid rock. 
today. Today. You don't have to wait. The invitation is given. The altar is open. My friend, it's a place where people hear about, but they have no idea what it really is. The rich man that died and went there and prayed with God. I know it's too late for me, but see, he had a perfect memory. He said, I remember Lazarus. I remember Lazarus laying at my gate. I remember maybe the times that Lazarus witnessed to me. I remember, why, why do you say he remembered Lazarus? Because out of all the people, he didn't ask Abraham to send anybody but Lazarus. Because he had watched Lazarus. He knew Lazarus in this life had something that all of his wealth could not purchase. And that was satisfaction. That was contentment in God. That was peace with the Heavenly Father. But he said, I do have five brethren. He said, I pray, send Send Lazarus down and he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He said, send somebody to my five brethren that he may preach unto them that they don't come to this awful place. And the Lord said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them receive them. And the rich man said, if they received one, if one was brought back from the dead, I know they would believe. You see, today one has been brought back from the dead. He laid down his life and he took it up again. He died for your sins. He rose for your justification. That's how we know God the Father accepted the sacrifice of the Son because He rose from the dead for our justification. That's all I've got for you today. Deliverance from the fire. I don't know how it went, but I pray today if there's any man, woman, boy, or girl that God is dealing with your heart if you don't have a time and a place that you can go back to and say, that's the spot where I met the Lord Jesus Christ, then my friend, you're a foreigner. And you're not a son of God, but you're a bastard. You're on the outside looking in. I want you on the inside today. God wants you on the inside today. He made a way that you don't have to walk through the fire. For those of us who have been saved, isn't it good that we've got one who's pulled us out of the fires of hell? Isn't it good that we've got one that walks with us through the fiery trials of life? Isn't it good that we've got one that Satan may bind us? He can break those bonds. Whether any kind of addiction, whatever that it might be that's going on in your life, He can break the bonds. He'll walk through the fire with you. He and only He can deliver you. The invitation is out today. If you're here today and lost, and God's dealing with your heart, I wouldn't let this opportunity pass by. I wouldn't let it go by unheeded and unnoticed, but I would lay hold on it today. What I've tried to preach unto you is the truth. Not my truth, but His truth. And if you reject the plan of salvation, there's no other plan for you. That's the way. And men will take it, or men will leave it. I pray, take it today. If He's seeking you out, come and find Him before it's too late. Come ahead with a song. That's all we got.